Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan Ritter, the head soccer coach at De La Salle High School for the boys and now the girls as of this week, and also the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America. We always start our show off with a prayer uh, in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, I thank you for letting us have this show, and um, I pray that we'll be able to continue to promote um, youth soccer uh, in the way it should be promoted. I thank you for my producer, Andrew. Um, my son does a really good job of bringing everything together and making it professional, making it worth listening to by the hundreds and thousands of people who have been listening to us throughout the years. I pray um, that this show, specifically today, um, will be able to continue making that mark and giving these uh, players uh, the recognition they don't so justly deserve. In Christ's name we pray, amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, what a week of soccer we've had. Uh, uh, we have the Women's World Cup, which you can watch. Uh, you can hear my comments about that on our Facebook Live. But going to Monday Night Football's uh, um, Facebook Live uh, um, um, site, I guess you could call it. Uh, we have a Monday Night Football page on Facebook. And um, we're also all of these Crescent City uh, sports uh, uh, podcasts are our place, of course, you can always find our podcast on Crescent City Sports, and we're really, really honored to be a part of Ken Trahan, Jude Young, and that gang over there who promote uh, soccer more than uh, anybody, including uh, and along with and including Ed Daniels and WGNO. Really do appreciate them. Well, the podcast we're going to focus on uh, the regionals, and the regionals were really hotly contested this year, and and. Uh, not only that, but we had uh, the joy of Baton Rouge hosting the regionals, okay? Um, uh, I want to thank the people in Baton Rouge and the cooperation of Baton Rouge Recreation Department and Baton Rouge uh, um, Soccer Club um, uh, for for working together to be able to put such an event on. Uh, it's not just your average tournament. Okay, uh, these are this tournament where you have to have adequate accommodations for teams coming from from the, uh, definitely from around the country. It's not like a whole bunch of local teams fill up fifty percent of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, bracket, but now you have hotel rooms that have to be be gotten and and secured and restaurants and everything like that because uh, because only one team from each age group from Louisiana was going to be there. So it was a really really big deal. It was a rough tournament, okay? I thought we would have more teams advance uh, with state championships, uh, but uh, we've only had one. And uh, in our next segment, we're going to be talking to one, one of the leading scorer of the U19 girls bracket, uh, Remy Noel. Uh, she's got a really interesting uh, uh, interview uh, that you'll enjoy listening to. And then uh, after her, we're going to be talking to her head coach, Dave Laparouse, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, and uh, we'll get their take on it. What we're going to do right now in this first segment is just go over the, the actual results, okay? Um, 
We'll start out with the uh, U15 girls. U15 girls, Mandeville Lakers, uh, L- PDL team took part uh, representing Louisiana there. And they ran into the Sunrise Sting from Florida and lost 4-1. to one. Then they recovered and beat um, the Mississippi Rush one to nothing, and, and then beat uh, North Carolina's Eclipse Elite two to one. So they advanced to the quarterfinals, as we reported last week. Well, when they got to the quarterfinals, they had to run into North Texas, the uh, uh, football club of Dallas uh, 04 blue team. And uh, whenever you're playing a Texas team, all of you people who are novice listeners, let me tell you, when you play Texas, you're playing you're playing just an elite pool of players. And uh, our girls wound up losing four to nothing. But still, uh, they should be extremely proud of what they what they accomplished this year. Another team that made it through was the U16 boys team, okay, of Baton Rouge Soccer Club. Uh, this was the Baton Rouge 03 black team. Uh, to get to the quarterfinals, they beat uh, Mandeville. Uh, two to one. I love the bend of that game, but then played Arkansas's Bentonville Football Club and and beat them four to nothing, and then beat o- uh, Oklahoma's Energy FC Central four to three, which set up their um, quarterfinal game with FC Dallas, a North Texas team, um, and I think they're called the Blue Team, and they're also called the Premier Team, and. Uh, they beat Baton Rouge Black three to nothing, and uh, nothing to be um, ashamed of there. Uh, making it uh, through bracket is is a very difficult thing to do uh, in a regional, and especially I think hosting it. I'm kind of wondering how hard it was to host the tournament. I would like to maybe interview some of the people who are who were involved with running the tournament in the next show and see if it was a distraction with the Baton Rouge teams. Anyhow, uh, our next team that 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 uh, got a chance to compete for state was the um, U seventeen uh, Mandeville Lakers LPDL team. Okay, they're called LPDL O two, and they started off on the twenty first beating North Texas. The American, I think it's American Youth Soccer ES Gold team, two to three, and then they wound up. Uh, Losing to OK uh, Oklahoma Energy Central, uh, one to three, but then tied the other North Texas team, uh, the Solar O2 Castro team, two to two. So it let them have a chance to go to the quarterfinals on Tuesday, the twenty fifth, and they played Florida's Coral Estate Strikers Blue Team, and what a game that must have been! I'd love to have been there to watch that. Uh, we were expecting Mandeville to go and represent us in nationals uh, as the state champion, but they wound up washing off to Coral uh, Estates four to three. So that was a highly competitive game, and uh, and uh, I congratulate them for for that. Now, when it comes to the only other team besides the U uh, nineteen uh, team that did win state was the U seventeen girls team. Um, from the Cajun Rage. So C- the Cajun Soccer Club is is now in the forefront. Uh, I think it's safe to say now because the U19 team won state, and we'll be talking about them for the rest of the show. But the U17 team uh, uh, got to the semifinals, y'all. Uh, they got there, uh, ironically, by losing to Mississippi 3-1 to in the very first game. Um, 
on Friday the 21st, that was a big wake-up call because then they had to play South Texas, who you would think would be better, and they beat them three to nothing. And then they had to play the North Texas team, the Sparta FC Elite, and beat them three to one. I mean, wow, to beat the, a North Texas and a South Texas team in bracket, to have them in bracket must have been intimidating. They probably overlooked Mississippi and – which was probably a mistake that they learned greatly from, and they came ready to play those last two games. Then they had to play the North Carolina Eclipse Elite um, on Tuesday the 25th and wound up beating them one to nothing. So that that was the quarterfinals, y'all. So that gave them a chance the next day to play in the semifinals, and they had to play um, a Boca Raton team, Team Boca U17 team, and uh, – and, Maybe they just ran out of gas. I don't know, but they wound up losing four to nothing um, to really Florida is the other elite place to find soccer talent. So uh, our teams that did advance, uh, uh, they uh, they represented us well. We're proud of all of them, and uh, and we really hope uh, that they learn from these experiences, uh, especially playing in this kind of heat, um, which we're used to down here, you know. And uh, I just want to thank all the coaches and all of the uh, people who put in the effort to try to get the best representatives of Louisiana on the field to go against these elite teams from the southeast. I think by far the southeast is the strongest of the four areas of, of our country. That's my opinion, of course. We'll see how it all washes out uh, when we get to nationals. We yet to have our first national champion from Louisiana, but our U19 CSC Cajun Rage has a chance to earn that honor uh, coming up. And so in the next segment, we're going to be talking to the standout player, Rami Norrell. Rami Norrell, excuse me. And uh, she's going to talk to you about her experiences in the tournament on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you right after the break. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Monday Night Football. We're here now with one of the outstanding players in the Southern Regional, Rami Knoll. Am I pronouncing your name right? Yes, sir, you are. Okay, great. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so uh, I don't think they give a golden boot in uh, in regionals, but uh, that's essentially what you want at the U19 level, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, uh, can you tell me about your most memorable goal in the in this tournament? It was or had to be in the semifinals when um, we were up maybe one goal and we were coming off of a delay, and we, we one of the outside forwards or mids took the ball down line and crossed it in, and I just turned my back on the defender and hit it in right past the goalkeeper. All right, fantastic. Um, of all the uh, of all the teams that you played, a case you played on Charlotte King for the finals, but all the mm -hmm. teams that y'all played uh, with the semis and and the reg and the quarterfinals and and the um, group play, who was the hardest team y'all faced? You think? I think it had to be in our our group bracket on the Sunday game we played the Texans. They're from Florida. And they were really organized and really aggressive and just really 
good chemistry with moving their ball around within their team. And I thought that was our hardest opponent because we had to really break them down to get towards our final third and to be successful in the final third. Okay. And um, could you explain? Okay, so y'all, y'all finished 0 0 with them, and that, that result had to stand, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. And then your quarterfinal game against the uh, another Florida team, um, the Sunrise Sting, it was 0 0. So uh, how did y'all wind up advancing there? The Florida? The, the, the Florida for the quarterfinals? Yes, yes. Um, that game was just really battling with our our own self because we had chances. We just wasn't finishing our chances. But we were able to start finishing our chances within the within the half the, as it went on. But we from the start of the game in the quarterfinals, we were we were buzzing and we were able to get into our final third. It just would, with us being composed and able to finish our chances was really the biggest thing. Okay. And uh, I know the semifinal game, uh, whenever you're playing a Texas team, you know you better bring it. And, uh, that <laughs> yeah. game, and that game really was not a defensive battle. Why was it so high scoring? By the way, they won four to five, everybody listening. Uh, it was – they were really good and technical. And we we was just able to – to combine in the final third and able to be composed and finish every chance that we got. Like we didn't, we didn't take for granted every chance we got. Cause it was, it was a really tough game and it was hard to get into our final third. So we took every moment that we have in it and we completed it every single time. That's why it was so high scoring. Okay. But for both teams. <laughs> Yeah, but they both teams. So, what, what what made them so? They were surgical in their attack, and that's what made it hard to defend them. Mm, well, yes, and they were good with moving their ball, the ball around too within their team. So, but they had this one girl up top. I don't know her name, but I know her number. She was number eight, and she was really good with just keeping the ball and holding it up for her team. And so, because they had more numbers in their attack than we did when we got into the final third. So that's why they were able to break us down so easily when they would get in there because they had more numbers up than we did. Understood. And uh, the game was at 12-15. I mean, describe the heat. <laughs> it was so hot. Like, it was, it was unbelievable. But being that we're from Louisiana, we had an advantage than all the other teams because we're used to this weather. Yeah. We used to it being super hot. We used to, we used to it being humid. We just used to every type of weather there is. So I thought that's where we had an advantage because we were able to deal with it and know how to approach it. Okay, great. Um, since you have the mic, uh, give me some um, um, give me some information on any of your own teammates that really you felt stood out and and uh, helped contribute extra to y'all getting to nationals. Maddie Morrow, she's going to be my former teammate playing for LSU. She's always been so aggressive and good out the air. And I think that she had a big impact with us being able to get to nationals because, you know, she, does, she doesn't give up on the ball. She doesn't let up. 
she doesn't let anybody, you know, push her around. So I think she did really good um, for regionals. And also Beverly, she's our, one of our center backs. She's very good out the air and she's very aggressive. And, you know, she if she could win that ball, she's going up and winning. And she doesn't back down from nobody. So I just think with her not giving up and her, her being so, you know, aggressive with with every opponent that we had really helped us out too. We have Emma. She's a midfielder. She's going to Mississippi College. She's very, you know, composed and, and relaxed with winning balls out of the air. And, you know, soccer is, 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 is a hard game. So being able to win 50-50 battles is important, especially if the ball is in the air most of the time. So her with her being able to win those balls out of the air is really good also. And then we have Claire where there's another center back. Very calm and composed with getting the ball out of the back and finding feet and finding somebody to keep moving the ball up. And then we have our goalkeepers, Katie and Ella. And I think they did fantastic in the goal with just saving really important saves, um, being being able to be relaxed in the goal with free kicks and everything else. So I just, overall, it was a team effort, and I, I thought my team did fantastic. But, you know, those specific players, I don't think we would be as successful as we were in the tournament if it wasn't for them. Understood. Well, what are your chances for the finals? We have not had a Louisiana team ever win. Okay, so no pressure. <laughs> I think if we go into those national games as we did with regionals and being determined, I think we're going to do great. And I don't think I don't think we're any different from any team. I think we are a special team and we're a very strong team. And I think that winning this regionals has only made us grow more as a team and made us more hungry and just, you know, wanting it more for our, for our club, for our, you know, state. So I think we're going to do really, really good. And I'm excited to see how we do. What's it like playing for Coach Dave? <laughs> it's, it's it's uh it's challenging because he brings he, he he wants the best and he brings the best out of you you know he has these hops that we do every practice okay <laughs> you, well describe can, that what is it <laughs> it's uh, it's speed agility hops and we take these rings and we do different type of exercises with with holding our athletic stances and being able to um, enhance our exposure and everything. And we do this every single practice. And I'm telling you, it's so tiring. We get so exhausted and we get over it. But he only wants the best for us, and he makes sure that we are safe and strong enough to play this game that we do. So I love playing for him, and I think I think he's a really good coach. You know, he's he's great. And he puts a lot into us, so I I think that's it's best that we do the same with him as going into these games. Okay, do you realize how <laughs> odd it is that you and Maddie are going to LSU from the same team? 
Yeah, it's pretty cool though. It's really cool. I mean, so <laughs> how do you think that were you like best friends, BFFs, or what was the connection there? You know, we were we were best friends on the field more than anything else, and and I think with us playing together really helped us get closer because being that we are too far as up top, being that we're we're you know important to our team we have to have chemistry so we have great chemistry on the field off the field you know we re we get along really well and i'm excited that i have somebody going into lsu with and uh uh when it comes to going to lsu what was your deciding factor say that one more time yeah, with the major decision, because LSU for years under different coaches has kind of like uh, thumbed their nose at Louisiana talent, and this LSU, and this LSU regime looks like it's going to be pro Louisiana. What made you want to join LSU? I'm an LSU I, grad, by the way. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> right. Um, it would it had to do a lot with um, family. You know, I, I want my family to be there. And I love that LSU has a great vet program because I want to major in veterinarian. And I love that I'm in my state. And, you know, like I get to go to school where I'm from and I get to represent and I get to make a name for myself here. And I don't have to, you know, be under any any other culture or other school that, that is not, you know, me. So I just felt like LSU was the perfect fit because it's here. It has everything that I want in the school. I love the coaching staff. I love the team. And I just thought it was something that, that I have to stay. I, well, I have to stay here and just represent my state. Okay, so you've had a remarkable year. Compare your high school season to your club season. Uh, not saying which one was better, just uh, what stood out about both? Because they're both different. They're very different. And I think that high school, it helps you to it, – it's, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of like high school is not as competitive as club is, obviously. But high school is like a practice field for you. And it allows you to be able to, to uh, just – get more comfortable at the ball with your feet, get get more, you know, knowledge of the game and being more, you know, active in the game because select, you have everybody's just as good as you and you have players that's, you know, as equal to you, you know. So select is like you don't have to – it's not that you don't have to work as hard, but everybody's doing their job. Is what I'm trying to say for the You don't have to carry the team on your back. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but high school, I love high school because you you meet so many people and you just you able to have fun, more fun with the game and select is more taken seriously and you know it's a result that has to be made at the end of the day for select. But high school you get to actually enjoy yourself. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm I'm a promoter of, of soccer and I think that high school is our best chance uh of getting the average Louisiana fan um to to watch the game, you know. I'm from New Iberia. I'm curious. 
how much press did y'all winning regionals get? Did you get anything in the in the paper, anything on TV? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Um, after my game for the regional finals, me and Maddie were interviewed for um, the news out there, Channel 2. And we, I think in the newspaper, we had um, an article about us winning. And we also had, for the semifinals, we had me and Maddie were in the paper for, in Baton Rouge, too. Okay, well, that's really good news then, you know, because yeah. it, it, it's for us to host the regionals. So, I mean, congratulations to everybody in Baton Rouge. I mean, that's a, that's a very difficult thing to do, and it's an honor. And uh, were you surprised uh, with, the, with the level of talent, uh, especially the Mandeville team that y'all have to be familiar with, um, um, that y'all were the only team to come out first place from Louisiana? Yeah, I mean – it's something that we've been training for all year, and and it's something that um, a CSC soccer club has never done, ever. So we just had a lot going into it, and we were excited and pumped up and ready. And playing the best teams is the only way you'll get better. So I think that challenges us to bring the best out of our team, and and that's what they got, and, and we got a, a great result for it. I tell you, uh, I'm just thinking out loud here. Uh, I'm going to talk to Coach Dave maybe about this too, but uh, I think y'all hosting the the high school state championships has brought like you know the the focus of soccer to Acadiana and yeah. and uh, ULL and CSC. Y'all have hit a home run twice. I've been to 38 state championships, you know, and uh, yeah. I've, the last two years have just been mo more enjoyable than than any of the others, and for one a couple and. And do you think that uh, you girls being able to hang out uh, and see multiple state championship games being played uh, uh, played a factor in, in the growth of, of your team specifically? Yes, I do. Because, you know, when LSU won their first SEC championship, that was just like a whoa. And it was just motivating. So I think that that just being around the same environment as, you know, People that's had or been in championships, it had it, it had an impact on us. One thing that uh, was remarkable to me was as I, I covered every game, okay, uh, for Monday Night Football, <laughs> and yeah. whatever Lafayette team was playing, the other Lafayette players, uh, especially their club teammates, were out there cheering loudly for them. Um, mm -hmm. That's odd. Okay, I'm going to tell you. What do you think is the contributing factor to that? Just support, just just being there for each other. You know, it it it's a game at the end of the day, but but being somebody's supporter is bigger than than rivalry. So I just think that's the reason. Just <laughs> okay. How many girls on your team go to St. Thomas More and Turlings? Maybe pretty much majority of the team. So we have one Maddie Julia, maybe about five of each. Okay. Go to Turlings and um, STM, and then the rest is like maybe two go to public school, but majority of our whole club is 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 Catholic school. And so when you play each other, what happens? <laughs> it's 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 a it's a fight because <laughs> it's, just, it's just bragging rights, and it, it's a difference when you're playing against your teammates. You know, it's different motivation. <laughs> 
and it's different. It's a different drive, and because like you, you want to win and you want to beat them. It's just it's fun though. At the end of the day. Okay, well, Ramey, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully interviewing you again in a few weeks uh, about your nationals. Uh, uh, it's a different kind of animal. You got four teams, and you got to hit. You just gotta. You know, it's like playing a Texas team. You got to you got to be there uh, for every second yeah. of every minute. And uh, yeah, so I hope y- y'all are really, really focused for that. But I'm looking forward to watching you grow with LSU, too. And uh, and uh, I hope you're going to be on the show a bunch more. OK, yeah. thank you. I appreciate this. All right. Well, God bless you and your family. And uh, and, and again, um, I wish you all the best in, the, in your future. Take care. Okay, everybody, and that was Rami Noel. What a wonderful young lady! Uh, and I, like I like I told her, I, I really do wish her the best. Uh, I do think that uh, it would have been a shame if we had no Louisiana team represent Louisiana after hosting the tournament. And I'm kind of curious too. Uh, maybe we can make this the next show for all the people who hosted the tournament in Baton Rouge. How much of a distraction was it? For the teams, um, especially in Baton Rouge, to focus on their game when you had so much other stuff to do when it came to the tournament. I'm wondering if that that was maybe a hindrance to the fact that we had only one team uh, win a win a uh, regional championship because I think we do have teams, uh, quite a few teams actually that are um, uh, good enough to go the distance. And uh, this was a uh, an extremely competitive regional tournament. And uh, I, I just wonder out loud, you know, how much uh, with the distractions of not just the Women's World Cup, but um, but just hosting the tournament, how much how much of a, a hindrance that was. Well, anyhow, um, th- uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to co- co- talk to Coach David Lapperhouse, uh, who's just had a phenomenal year of coaching, one of those years. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to hear what he has to say on Monday Night Football. Uh, I want to remind all of y'all that you can uh, you can advertise on this show, and we welcome it. Uh, this show is probably going to be listened to by about 2,000 people, especially this week in the Lafayette, Baton Rouge area. And it's a way for get your soccer products and your interest in soccer out there for a very, very nominal cost. Go to our uh, site, uh, Monday Night Football, um, on Facebook uh, to see what the rates are. And also uh, come see us uh, on Twitter and direct message us at MNFUTBOL. We'll see you after the break. All right, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football. We're here now with uh, an extremely accomplished coach in one year, Coach Dave Lapperhouse. Welcome to the show, Coach. Uh, thank you, sir. Did I get your last name right? Uh, close enough. Slapperous. Laparus, okay. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, even though I have a Dutch name, I, I grew up in New Iberia, so I should be able to <laughs> handle that. Well, look, let's get right to it. Man, what a year you've had this year, and uh, uh, what's it feel like? Uh, you know, uh, just a, a very appreciative that I've got a lot of good leadership uh, around me, a lot of good parents and players that buy into, you know, trying to play soccer and trying to trying to play at the highest level they can. And they, you know, they put a lot of training in. And you know, with the club stuff, I've got a lot of leadership, uh, good good people here that you know make it uh, make it comfortable for me to just focus on on the things we got to do with training and and teams and stuff and. Uh, 
it's been fun. It's been a fun year. Yeah, I, I think that would be an understatement. Now you get a chance to make history. We've never had a Louisiana team win regionals. Do you? I mean, excuse me, win nationals. Uh, do you, Do you feel any pressure there, or do you? Are you have any relief that uh, at least you get a chance to do something nobody else has ever done? I mean, it's one of those things where this group is a super talented group. They, I mean, they, you know, these kids and these girls on this club team have have been playing our club since they were probably ten years old and probably young than that with Rec. And uh, you know, they've all kind of come up through the through the ranks with the Cajun Soccer Club, and to see them really uh, have a chance to do something. I mean, they've already accomplished something special, which was to win regionals. I mean, the fact that I think we're the third girls team ever from Louisiana to win regionals, uh, Mandeville did it last year and then Louisiana fire did it. I think back to back when they were Louisiana fire 97s. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, just for us to, to do this, it's huge. I mean, it's awesome going to the nationals. Look, it's it just like regions. We said, Game by game. Hopefully we get bracketed well. Um, but I think at Nationals, that level, it don't matter who you play. It's, they're going to be extremely tough, extremely talented. I'm sure most of the rosters are going to be college players, players that are going to play in college. So, you know, for us, you know, I gave them a little bit of break off because playing six games in seven days is extremely tough, especially in the South Louisiana heat. Um, so I gave them a couple of days off and, you know, we're going to get back at it. And, and when we get our chance to go, we're going to try to – like game, uh, you know, one game at a time, and see what happens. I mean, th- this team is—it's a group. They—they're. I mean, they're not only they're talented and very sophisticated soccer team, but I mean, they just compete. And so, anybody who steps up against us is going—it's going to be—it's going to be a game. So, you know, I'm hoping we go up there and we do well. You know, that's—that's that's the key. Look uh, on that Sunday game when you had to play the Gulf Coast Texans from Florida, which I don't understand. <laughs> okay, and y'all finished that zero zero. Uh, how, how did how did the girls handle that? Um, well, we played the Gulf Coast Texans uh, out of Florida uh, twice before. We played them in a regional league. Um, and we actually played them in two regional leagues. We played in the Mid South Regional League, and then we played in the Gulf South. Uh, Gulf States Premier League, which is a U.S. club league. So we played in those two leagues, and we played Gulf Coast Texans, and we played them early in August, and then we played them in late October, and both games were a battle because they're super talented, dangerous, uh, you know, well-coached. And we they we beat them 4-3 in August, so that was the very beginning of the year, so we knew they were tough then. And then we played them again in October, and they were up on us 2-0. And we came back uh, from goals from Ramey, Maddie, and uh, Cassie Bowers, to beat them three two, and that helped us to win. That helped us to win the regional league, wow. which allowed us to go to regionals because we actually lost state cup to Mandeville Soccer Club, who was a talented team. They won regionals last year. Um, we lost to them in in state cup, and so um, when we played Gulf Coast Texas for the third time at regionals uh, that Sunday, you know we were already we knew we were already through. But we wanted to still get a tie or win because we wanted to play the second place team from the other bracket. If we come in second, we'd play the first. So, you know, there was some pressure, but not a whole lot of pressure because we knew we were already breaking through to the quarterfinals. Um, but anytime you play somebody three times, you know, it's tough. And Gulf Coast Texans, they they knew how to um, – they were a little bit better prepared to defend our attacking players. And so walking away with the 0-0 tie was, uh, you know, for bracket play was okay. 
you know. Um, but that's to answer your question about why they call them Gulf Coast Texans of Florida or the Dallas Texans of Florida. They're just a branch. It's it's one of those things where they um, uh, these bigger clubs. It's a way for them to kind of like have satellites and have a connection with it with that association, and it just happens to be in Florida. So. Okay, I understand now. Now that makes perfect sense. Uh, the quarterfinal game, uh, you got a chance to regroup. Uh, what was that like? Well, we knew we were playing the quarterfinal games. We knew we were playing uh, Tennessee Lobos, and the, the fact that we had a day rest in between was huge. Allow us just, you know, we this team has eight, 18 players, um, 17 players that could play. We had one injury that's still recovering. Um, uh, Amory Alak, uh, Tori ACL in, uh, in high school season, but she was with us all the time too. She, um, she's our 18th player, but so we are deep, we have a deep roster and that's probably one of the main reasons why we were successful in six games over, you know, seven days, because, you know, there's a few players that, you know, it's hard to take off the field, but for the majority of them, you know, we feel comfortable playing all 17 of those players significant minutes. And that's rare when you have a team um, that's competing at this level. Because a lot of times, you know, you'll see coaches not wanting to sub. And, you know, they may only play one or two subs. And, and you know, you're playing 12, 13 players. Whereas this, we, you know, we we subbed. You know, we, we you know, these girls that uh, even number 17 is going to be, can come in and really help us. So having a day off, then able to play Tennessee Lobos on, on that Tuesday, uh, I just felt we were, you know, a little bit refreshed and, you know, they were a good team too. We just, we finished some chances early, which allowed us to kind of control the tempo of the game, which is, is a very uh, helpful thing when you're in these type of situations. Yeah. And your reward for that was to have to play a North Texas team. What, what kind of mentality was that like? Like have to go play against uh, in the semifinals. I think it's called <laughs> solar West and four to yeah. five. Explain that. Yeah, that was, um, you know, that was one of those games where uh, they were just dynamic. They had some players that – I think they have a girl that's going to St. Edwards. And I'll tell you what, she was – gave us she gave us fits um, up top. She played uh, the target. And, you know, it was one of those games where, again, it's the fifth game uh, over the weekend. People are getting tired. We scored early. We finished some chances. But it, it, the game kind of became a little bit of wide open back and forth as opposed to trying to stay compact and, and all that. So we were we were dangerous and we kept possession and finished chances, but they caught us on some counters um, and, you know, they just never gave up. I mean, that's the thing. The, the, you're playing against a team that um, is one of the best teams in the region and, you know, you, you make some mistakes or you leave them some open opportunities they're going to make you pay. And, uh, and ultimately that's kind of what happened. We just, the lucky for us is we were able to hold them off. And we also had two rain delays in that game, which we went up, I think, what was it? Three, four, two, right before the rain delay. And then you have an hour off and it gave them time to rest and recover. And, you know, they came back with some, with some real pressure and, uh, you know, it was, it was an exciting game, but, uh, you know, it's just when your legs are dead uh, towards the end of the weekend or the week that um, it, it, the game just opened up and it allowed a lot of scoring. So if you were watching it, it was probably a lot of fun. But for us, it was like it's a little nerve wracking. Uh, it, it, when I see a score like that, I, 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 I know the stress you were under. At least I can imagine it, you know. And, <laughs> and then the Thursday, y'all get to play North Carolina team. I mean, you had to feel pretty confident after you beat North Texas. 
And so how did that game go in the finals? Yeah, I mean, that was um, their goalkeeper. The Charlotte Kings goalkeeper is a kid that's going to play at Duke. Uh, she's committed to play at Duke uh, University. That was, I mean, unbelievable goalkeeper. She made some saves. I mean, it was one of those games where, you know, look, the, the girls' their legs are dead. You know, we play this team fresh. You never know what happens because they were a very talented team. Um, but we had a couple of chances in the first half, probably in the first 20 minutes, 20 minutes and their goalkeeper showed us that, hey, if you're going to score them, you're going to have to do more than that. And uh, she made a bunch of good saves, some good 1v1 saves against Ramey and Maddie. And uh, eventually we were able to break in on them. And, you know, I think what happened with that game is um, they were very organized, well-coached, you know, just a really good, like no weak spots. But we were just able to play our game and, and create chances. And we defended pretty well. They scored off of, I think, two set pieces, which were, you know, again, at these and this level, you know, you you give teams, good teams, opportunities by, you know, creating silly fouls or giving up corners. You're going to let a team, um, you know, uh, stay involved, stay engaged. And so that game kind of went uh, – it was tight. It was 2-2 at halftime. I mean, at uh, overtime. And they actually went up. We went up 1-0. Then they went to – 1-1, then they went 2-1, and then we came back and tied up 2-2, and it went into overtime. And in overtime, you could see where our deep, you know, deep players and having a bench, having players that could come in and really give significant minutes um, to rest players and, just, you know, just to, just to do their part. Um, we, we kind of, I think we outlasted them. And we scored early in the first overtime, and then in the second overtime, they had a couple chances. Our goalkeepers had to make some saves. Katie Cook had a really good game uh, in that game. And she's a kid that's going to lose in a tech to play. And then we, uh, Emma Young scored a fantastic header of a, um, a corner kick from uh, Kaylin Poirier, who served it in. Um, it's probably one of the best goals we've seen in a while off a header. And, um, yeah, and then we went 4-2. And then by that point, you know, Charlotte was there just – you could tell that they were – it's a long week of soccer. And, you know uh, – to try to once we scored two on them, you know it was it was just a matter of time. So, all right. So, I mean, we both know the answer to the, my next question. You know, financially, there's no way that we can give these kids uh, three or four days rest between games. But um, do, do you think that the way we're doing it right now is 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 the way to really determine a champion, or, or how would you tweak it? You know, it's tough. I mean, I think there's I think there's ways that you can look at doing some things a little differently. But ultimately, I mean, you want, you know, you know, there's been probably talk about, you know, doing away with the quarterfinal game or doing this. Look, it's it's one of those things where not a whole lot of teams get to come to this opportunity. And when teams get there, you want to have the opportunity for someone to break bracket. Uh, Because, look, this is a super talented team we've had this year. I've been to regional event with teams probably six or seven times and we haven't broke bracket. And, you know, if you have, if you're only taking the bracket winners from a bracket, that even becomes harder. So, you know, I think there's some definitely some discussions of ways to try to, you know, make this event uh, a little more, I guess, family friendly, I guess, but uh, <laughs> with, with just the, the length of time you have to be out there and, you know, the amount of games you play, but ultimately, I mean, they've been doing this for a, uh, for a long time. And, you know, the teams that get there typically, 
you know, are, are committed to doing it. And, you know, and, and they, they plan for it. Like I know right now, as soon as we, as soon as we had the opportunity to get to the finals, we, as a club, we already talked about ways to, to fundraise and do some different things uh, because our families, you know, this is a, a big trip that they didn't plan for or wasn't in their uh, itinerary in the beginning of the summer. So we're going to try to do as much as we can as a club to, to kind of help supplement these guys to get to Kansas because, you know, um, on another side note, this team won the GSPL league and we're going to Colorado in a week and a half for a national event on a different association. So, you know, um, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think there's definitely some discussion. You, you can talk about how you change the event a little bit, but ultimately you want to give teams a chance to break bracket and, and you want them to play. So at least they're playing one game a day, which is very helpful because if you're playing two games in a day, then I think you, that would be a, a safety issue. So at least they're doing one game a day. I think that's, you know, ultimately, I mean, that's, you know, I think there's some discussion that can be involved, but I, I'm not exactly sure what's, the best because you could argue both sides because you want play you want teams to have the chance to play and break bracket and if you're only taking bracket winners, I think that becomes a little difficult. So I understand. Now um, to flip the coin a little bit, uh, you have girls that played for St. Thomas More on your team. How, how how do you get around that? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, look, it's awesome. I, look, at the end of the day, I'm a club guy. I've been coaching club for 20 years. I've coached high school for a few years in North Carolina, and then I've coached high school in uh, in Louisiana now only for three years. Um, if I, I love high school is fun. It's a different it's a different animal. I enjoy it. I, you know, I really appreciate the guys over there with Bad um, Turlings and my Turlings family. My club is um, club first, and you know the fact that we have a lot of players that play for St. Thomas More, play for Southside High School, play for you know, Ascension, ESA, Turlings, you know, uh, all these schools. It, it, it's awesome because those those girls come from a team like this and then they get to go to their high school team and they get to be impact. They get to be team leaders. They get to work with, you know, younger players that are coming up. And, you know, for us, it's not just having one special team. It's about having a culture here in Lafayette. And between my U13s all the way up to our 19s, you know, on the, for our CSC teams, they look up to these older players, you know, and, and we do a lot of interaction. Like our 19s and our my 15 girls that I have as well, we've done a lot of interaction with each other, with the 13s, the 14s, you know, and these teams all – so that way they, they see what it takes to become, you know, these impact players. So, so to see so, – to answer your question about having so many kids that played STM, look, Coach Underwood does a great job over there. He's been coaching our club for eight, nine years, and he supports us with club stuff. We support him with high school stuff, and, you know, we've definitely tried to create that culture where as long as you're playing and you're playing, you know, the right way and you're trying to compete and get better, you're going to benefit anybody you play for. So, um, you know. We tease it. We tease each other all the time on the soccer field about different high schools and different that. But it's uh, it, it, it's fun because you get these guys out of their comfort zone and they got to do some different things on club side and in high school. Do you think hosting the high school state championships has helped the Lafayette uh, culture? Um, I, I mean, I think I mean it definitely can't hurt. I think it was nice that we've had it because 
our club, the KJR club, our staff and, and our, uh, our executive director was able to really get involved with the high school stuff. And it helped us to build more of a rapport relationships with the guys at the state level, um, at LSSAA and, you know, for them to get to know who we are and it kind of, you know, cause I think you want, you want Louisiana soccer to understand and support club and high school at the same time, because for really good players to excel in college, they have to play year round. Yes. But they have to be in atmospheres where it's, it's, development for them but it's also you know not, not those old school coaches who just run the tar out of you you know it's it's coaches that are really teaching the game and teaching the fundamentals and the technical side of things and so i think the more that you have these players involved and you know more that high schools branching together i mean one of the things that we do you know we do a couple high school showcase events where we send our players two major high school showcases during the winter. Well, we talk to the high school coaches and say, Hey, look, this is the one event we're going to do. You know, um, you just letting you know ahead of time. And these high school coaches around Lafayette are like, Hey, no problem. We're going to give them off that weekend. Or we're going to play, uh, schedule it to where if we're missing our top four or five players, we can still have some productivity with, with the games they schedule. So we, you know, we work together on all that stuff because, um, ultimately, we want Lafayette to represent Louisiana well. And then we also want to prepare our kids to, if they choose to play in college, that they're prepared and that they can go in and, and, and compete at the college level. Okay. And, um, um, you're singing a song that, uh, we definitely like to hear, you know, everybody working together. It wasn't like that, honestly, uh, uh, 30 years ago. It was a lot of competition between club coaches and, uh, high school coaches. I was in the middle of all that. And, uh, now that the LHSA has kind of relaxed their rules, um, it's a lot easier to work together. And, and, to, and the number one thing is the development of the players. And I, I don't know what your goal is with the club teams, but with high school teams, your, your goals are are also a little different in the fact that you're teaching um, a life skill uh, to them and uh, how, how they can, you know, better themselves in the in their future careers and in their future vocations. And, and club ball is, is really focused on playing the best soccer possible. Do you, do you get a chance to work on any of those things while you're coaching your girls? Um, no, I mean, I think it's hand in hand. I mean, I think just, just because it's um – you got a high school uh, logo on it. It doesn't change the overall goal. I mean, we're teaching, yes, we're teaching, uh, you know, probably you probably get to do some different things in training and all that, but ultimately you, you, you are teaching the principles of a team sport and the principles of, of being, you know, just a good person because, you know, the things that they can take away and, and the adversity that you have to deal with while playing a team sport. I mean, you don't always like all your teammates. You don't always like, the playing time situations that you're in uh, with playing club, but I would say it's very, very similar to high school. You know, you, the difference is high school, you typically are dealing with freshmen to seniors, whereas in club, you may be dealing with just two age groups or one. And so your challenges are a little bit different, but I think ultimately, you know, we, this, uh, last year we brought in the Julie Foudy leadership, uh, camp, which, um, is, a major deal for our, our girl size. And we're starting to do stuff with the boys as well with uh, the, with the leadership role. Cause yes, like you said earlier, we, we focus on soccer. We focus on trying to play high level, um, the game, but at the same time is, you know, not all these kids are going to go play college soccer. Not all of them are going to go, um, to try to do something more than college, but a lot of them are going to end up being, 
you know, uh, hopefully going to school or living in the community, and we want them to be a fan of the game, but we also want them to to be good people in society. So one of the things that we do with Julie Foudy leadership is that they come in and they do a lot of things to help these young girls um, understand, you know, what it means to be a leader. And it doesn't mean they have to be always the vocal, the most vocal on the team. There's leadership in other ways. And uh, Julie Foudy came down last year and, and, and hung out and did a bunch of things with our players for a few days. And then her team, uh, came in and did a bunch of things for our preseason camp, and they'll be back again this uh, this summer um, in late July to another, do another leadership camp with our with our girls. Because you know, ultimately, we do want them to when they leave the game and they leave Cajun Soccer Club, we want them to you know take the things that they've learned and pass it on. You know, and and hopefully it helps them in their work day and uh, and also help them with you know, when they have their own families and how they do things. So, Okay. I got one more question and it might be an ancient Chinese secret. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to talk about, but uh, when I was talking to Ramin, uh, what a wonderful girl she is. Uh, she mentioned that uh, when I asked her, how did she like playing for you? She sighed and she said, man, there's this one drill that we do every day. <laughs> and, uh, but it makes us better. Uh, would you like to describe it or, uh, or you want to keep it a secret? No, there's no secret to it. We do. I, I'm a big speed and agility, quickness type of guy. So we do a lot of technical stuff, but it involves a lot of hopping, chopping, and shuffles. And it's stuff that uh, I think these kids, uh, eh, you know, they. Uh, it's just like anything. You gotta, you gotta put some grinding work in, and you gotta put some consistent quality reps in the training, and. So those are some of the things that we do every day, and it's a fundamental movement. It's a fundamental exercises that that uh, I believe in, and and you know these kids have had to do it for the last year. If you've been with me longer than that, you've been doing it for longer. So, um, yeah, that's uh, no big secret. If you ever watch one of my training sessions, you're gonna see that stuff done in the beginning, and and uh, you know I think they, I would like to think that they. Uh, are sold on it since we were so successful this year with it. Yeah, so. she is. She was totally sold on it, and that's why she brought it up. You know, <laughs> she yeah. can see now the the you know the reward at the end of the uh, rainbow. You know, yeah, well, coach, thank sure. you for your time, and uh, I'm hoping that we're going to be interviewing you in a month about uh, not only this but uh, that that uh, other national championship you're looking at looking at in Colorado. And um, I didn't even know about that. We'd like to keep keep tabs on you with that as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you the link over that stuff so that way you can kind of be informed of what it's about. Excellent. Well, Coach, good luck and God bless you and your family. And thanks for taking your time out to be on Monday Night Football. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Okay, everybody. That was David Laparouse. And, uh, and I. I I could tell by his uh, just just listening to his answers that this guy's one of the uh, premier coaches we have in the state of Louisiana. Uh, we're really lucky to have him, and we're lucky to have him in the high school realm as well. And hopefully, this could be the team that can win regionals. We've had some good ones. He mentioned a few of them, and uh, we thought the Lakers were going to be one of them this year. And uh, and so. You know, uh, winning nationals, I might have said regionals earlier, but winning nationals is uh, is ex exceedingly difficult. And and uh, we're still waiting for our first national champion, but boy, we've come close. And uh, one thing that um, 
One thing that I think most of the country can say about Louisiana now is that we used to just be a speed bump uh, that got in the way of other teams winning championships. And now I think uh, especially North and South Texas, they have a lot of respect for us. Um, and I have a lot of respect for what's going on in the Lafayette area. Um, there's still some people competing with each other, and uh, we continue to do that. And that's something I guess – will always be the case uh, if you feel like you could do a better job than the other club then then dog eat dog and that kind of business but uh, uh, it's good when you put the kids first and when you're developing them and, uh, and there's a lot of there's there's so many kids out there there's room for more than a couple of clubs out there and uh, but in Lafayette area I grew up in New Iberia we had nothing and uh, when I was growing up and just to see these kids having these opportunities uh, when there was no opportunities whatsoever uh, back in 1981 when I graduated from high school. We couldn't find a high school team to play when I started a team at New Iberia Senior High School. Um, and as a student, I did that, you know, uh, not like I was a teacher or anything. And there was just nobody to play. There was no soccer to play. And it, it was just really where kind of where lacrosse is right now. And to go from uh, uh, in Louisiana. And, and so to go from that to being a, a power is, is a really a great thing. So we got a lot of good things going on in Louisiana. Let's continue to enjoy it. And uh, uh, be sure to look at our Facebook Live uh, feed. Um, you don't have to really be live to be watching it. Uh, we're going to talk about the U.S. women's national team and and uh, some of the dynamics going into their semifinal game tomorrow uh, with England. Anyhow, may God bless you and your family. Carpe diem in Christ. And, uh, and remember, don't forget to support us. Please support us. Uh, if you have a soccer-related business, this is where you need to be advertising. Uh, we have some new advertising rates available on our Facebook page. It's MNFUTBOL. Go take a look. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.